0: Well, as we were meditating, I became very aware of a time back in my early 20s where I was asked to make a presentation to a group of people at a country club in San Antonio. And I had never done that before. I'd never talked to all these adults in a group setting And I didn't know anybody but this one person who invited me. And I'm sure that the people that came to that weren't sure who I was or what I was going to say or why was a 20-year-old or 22-year-old guy up there talking to all of us. But they wanted me, it was actually a couple, they wanted me to come and introduce uh, a deeper level of spiritual practice so i got up and i made the presentation just as i would have anywhere else and in that i talked a lot about god i talked a lot about the soul i talked about loving just what i've always talked about and at the end people some people applauded not everybody but some people applauded and afterward, some people came up and talked to me and asked questions and congratulated me and said it was wonderful or this or that. And then I had others that were coming up with a sense of disapproval. And the disapproval was that I was talking about God. That, you know, they did not expect to hear at their country club somebody talking about God and about loving and about the soul And about eternal life and so on and so forth, and how to get there, and what you know, how to get there, being aware of it, not how to get there. We are eternal. (laughs) That that's not something you have to get to. And um, this one uh, gentleman came up to me, who was a psychiatrist. He said, "You know, your presentation would have been a lot better, and I would have been more open to it and accepting of it." if you had changed your words and talked about universal consciousness and love and peace and uh, different, he gave me all these different terms I could have used for God and all that I talked about. And I thanked him and I said, thank you. I'll look at that and see how I can incorporate that into my talks. Because it seemed like that was something that uh, would help me in my presentation so that other people could hear it and listen to it and take it in where they might not otherwise do so. <clears throat> and at the end, a gentleman walked up and said that he really appreciated it and he really enjoyed it. And he would like for me to come to where he works and make a presentation. And in my mind, I'm going, this is getting a little bit crazy now. You know, I'd never expected to be invited to this group and that place and, and all. But I said, well, I'll be glad to do it, because God has always said, if people ask, you do, you share. I've always worked on the principle uh, in my counseling works and in my presentation work, ask and you shall receive. And so he was asking. So the spirit in me knew that I needed to respond to that. So, I asked him, "Where is it that I'm going to be coming to make the presentation?" And he said, "It's in at Trinity University in San Antonio." And I'm going, "Oh, am I going to talk like to a class?" He said, "Oh no. We have a big gathering once a month of maybe three or four hundred people that come, and uh, we do sharings. Different people will share about different spiritual aspects and their journey in their life. And I'd really like to have you share about yours because it seems authentic. And so I said, okay. And I said, can I use terms like God and soul and spirit? He says, you can do whatever you want. That will be just fine. Not everybody will take it in if you use the word God a lot, but that's just going to be fine with me. So I went. And in my mind, I was thinking, how do I use these other terms so that these people at a university would maybe be more open to what I have to say and be able to interpret it the way they want to? So I went up and I began to talk, and all of a sudden I realized I was holding back. I was not sharing the fullness of who I am and my truth and my experience because I was diligently inside trying to find out and catch myself, whatever I was gonna say God, I'm gonna say this. Or whatever I'm gonna say soul, I'm gonna say this. Well, you know, that really catches you up inside yourself and stops you from really having a good conversation when you're ever diligently trying to make sure you do it the right way. And finally inside I just said to myself. I've just got to be true to myself. I've just got to be true to myself, and whatever that truth is they hear from me in that will be just fine, even if it's not their truth, but maybe it's a truth for them to eventually look at because it is another way of approaching a truth. So maybe one-fourth of the way, one-third of the way into my talk I started just using the terms God and soul and different things such as out of body like Brian was talking about earlier. <laughs> and afterward, people started clapping a little bit and then a lot more people clapped and then I actually had people standing up. And I'm going, whoa, this is <laughs> a little bit much. i never had anything like that in my life. And... Um, so the gentleman that introduced me, he came up. He was a professor there, and thanked me for coming and uh, asked if I would stay f- to do question and answers afterward, because there was a lot of people apparently that were curious and wanted to know more. So they had a break, and then we came back and I did question and answers. And the first thing. A man raised his hand, and the first thing that this man asked me was, "So, what drugs do you take?" And I'm kind of going, "What?" He said, "Yeah, how do you what What do you take in order to get into that experience that you're talking about, like going out of body or seeing these things around people and whatever?" And I go, "Well, I don't take any drugs." at all. You know, I just, I meditate, I pray, I try to focus and stay in the central, neutral uh, part of my consciousness and live more from that. And he said, well, I know that's really good and meditation can do a lot of good stuff, but you've got to take something, a psychedelic of some kind or something. Now, this is back, you know, in the 70s when, That was the big thing, and everybody was doing it to become enlightened. So he could not understand that I was not taking anything. And so he started asking me, he was quizzing me. And it was interesting, I almost felt like I was set up. (laughs) I know I wasn't, but it felt like I was being set up because everybody was really like waiting to hear my responses. And so he started quizzing me about well, what do you mean by out-of-body and what does that really do and where do you go and what is your experiences and have you ever had a psychedelic experience? And I said, if I have, I don't know it because I've never taken anything. So I don't know what experiences I would have different from what I have without the psychedelic. And so he said, well, describe something. So I started describing different things and he went, well, I've been to a place kind of like that, but it, it's not such a, a bright place. It's a, it's a little bit darker. And I, I went, well, that's your experience based on what you were doing, and this is my experience based on mine. And maybe there are two different places and different levels of consciousness. And maybe we might want to look and see which one would be the more desirable one to be in. And this lady got up and she said to him, See, and she said his name, See, I told you, you're way down below where a lot of people could be if they just stopped taking drugs and did the meditation. And there was this whole discussion that started in the audience. (laughs) And I'm standing up there, like, Wait a minute. You know, what do I, you know, I, I didn't know how to get control, and these are professors and all this stuff, and it's like, you know, I just got lost in the process, so I just let them kind of talk it out, argue it out. Some of it was a little bit of an argument. And then finally, the man turned back to me, and she, he said, well, let's hear what he has to say. You know, I've I've told you all my my belief and my theory about psychedelics and what you need to do to wake up spiritually. Let's see what he really has to say about it. So he sat down, and other people started asking questions, and I began to share more my experience rather than being challenged about the psychedelic drug uh, process. And then I had a gentleman who was really very interesting. He stood up, and he gave his name, and he said, "Uh, I'm an American Indian. And in our religious practice, we use different forms of things to wake us up so that we really can have inner experience, such as peyote and different things. And are you against that? And I said, no, I'm not against anything. I want people to find God in their soul and spirit and loving the way they're going to find it. And I'm not saying that my way is the only way. I'm saying that this is how I have done it. And this is the places I have woken up into and that I know to be true, at least for myself. And I said, you all have to find that which you want. And he said, well, is it all right if I share something? And I said, sure. And he said, well, my father was considered what you would call a medicine man in our tribe. And he was a very important man in helping people in their journey in the world, as well as their spiritual quest. And he used these different substances in order to have a connection with the greater. So I, myself, was trained to be just as he was and began to do that. And I began to use these substances to begin to learn how to walk and the spiritual side of life, to give assistance to our people. And he said, then I met someone who began to talk to me about meditation, much like you're talking about. And so I thought I would just try that to see if there was anything to that. And he said, for weeks and months, it didn't seem like there was much there compared to just taking a substance and popping into it. But he said, then there was a day where I got out of body in a way that I had not gotten out of body through the psychedelics. And I woke up. I woke up into a place within myself and within the spirit that was truly phenomenal. And he said, ever since then, I have just done the meditation practice that I learned from this other person. And I have been doing that now for, I forget how many years, he said. And it has served me well. And I truly understand the difference between where psychedelics will take you and where a truer meditation practice can take you. And he said, I've slipped into going back into tribal traditions and doing the different substances to wake up spiritually the way that my father would do. But I found that it took me down to a different level than where I could go in my own meditation. And he said, so is that what you're trying to tell us? And I said, yes, exactly. There are a lot of different realms of life. There's a lot of different levels of consciousness that we can wake up to and experience in. And we need to pay attention as to where it is we're focusing and where it is we're waking up to and realize that there may be something higher than what we have just come awake to and to keep looking up even more into that which is above us to wake up into the greater depths of loving and peace and joy. Well, after that, I became a regular speaker at Trinity University for quite a while. And from there, I was invited to Incarnate Word College and to St. Mary's University a few times. And it was most interesting because at these two Catholic universities in my presentation, I would get an amazing response from the brothers and the nuns that were teaching at these two universities. Because they themselves were truly living a religious life, doing a spiritual practice, doing their vespers, doing their prayers, doing their inner practice. And some of them had amazing experiences to share that they could not take outside into the world to share in the community because that's not what the church teaches. The church has its dogma, its its ritual, its traditions, and these experiences that they were having didn't quite match up or measure up or make sense in their dogmas. So they were asked and told not to share. And if they did start to share, sometimes they would actually be cloistered into a monastery or a convent so that they could continue having their experiences but not talk about it to the public. So I learned a lot in my journey through the university level, even though I never went to class in my life. I went to high school and that was it. I never went to a university to study, to get a degree. But I got to go to universities to make presentations on just what we talk about here, which is God. And I'm so glad I kept true to that. Because I know my relationship with God. I know that God truly is in existence and is my creator. God created me. God is my creator. And I have developed a wonderful relationship with my creator. And that's what I want each of us to be able to do to have our own direct experience, not based on somebody's word not based on what's been written in a book, not based on a belief, but on experience. That you sit down, you go into meditation, you connect inside to your own soul, and allow your soul to free itself from the bondages of the body and the mind to begin to go into spirit and have true spiritual experience. And in that, to wake up and know your relationship with God directly. To know peace, to know loving, to know joy inside. The true loving and true joy and the true peace is everything. And that only can be found within yourself. No one can give it to you. Your mind can't give it to you or explain it to you. I don't care how many books you read, how many lectures you attend, you will never find peace that way. It's only found inside because that's where it resides. The soul is whole and complete unto itself. The soul is a spark of God. And that spark of God contains every component, every element, every aspect of God right inside of you, the soul. So you are creative. You are abundant. You are loving. You are forgiving. You are accepting. You are all that God is, And so all you have to do is wake up to who you are as soul. Wake up above all these things that you think you are, that you feel you are, that you imagine that you are, and this body you are not. If you go into a meditation practice and truly do it daily, forever how long it takes, You will one day wake up at the seat of the soul and beyond, and then you will know the truth of who you are, and you will stop relating to yourself as this body, and you will stop struggling to hold on to this body for dear life, because the dear life that you're holding on to isn't the body and isn't in the body. The soul is feeding that life to the body to keep it alive, to allow the soul to have experience in this creation. And when the soul is complete in its journey of experience through this body, it departs, the body dies, and the soul goes on to whatever is the next in its journey, usually in new incarnation. But there is a day when the journey truly is complete at the physical level of this creation, or in all of this creation. The journey is complete. We have learned all the lessons. We've had all the experiences. And so then where does the soul go when it leaves the body? That's the question we have to look at. And for you to find the answer to. And by going into meditation, you will find the answer. You will find the answer to where your soul came from, and you will find the answer to where your soul is returning to. And believe me, it is not anything about this creation of the world or the physical creation of the physical universe whatever you might call it. It is about spirit. Because the soul is a spirit, and the soul is going to return from which it came, just as the body, which is of this world, will return to it. It's interesting. When I was very young, I remember having an experience out of body, and I was on a stage, I was behind the, I was on the back of the stage, and the curtains were closed. And all of a sudden, all these children came running out onto the stage. And I, as a child, walked up behind them, and they were all trying to see out of the curtain, one by one. And they were looking out at the audience, and then go, oh, there I am. Oh, wow, I like how I look, and so on and so forth. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, by the way they're talking, are they seeing a mirror and seeing themselves or what? And they're looking out, and there's all these adults in the audience. But the soul uh, of themselves are like the children, looking out to see what do they look like in the world? What do they look like out there? as human beings, as incarnate in the body. And I began to walk up, and I was going to open the curtain to look, and the teacher came up to me and said, no, no, it's not your time to see. And all of a sudden, I was back in my body. Well, I realized I already was in my body. I knew what I was going to be looking like to some extent. But I also realized that these were souls that were going to be incarnating soon, and it was helping them to really now want to be in a body. It was just very fascinating to look at it from a different perspective. They didn't have a body just yet. They were getting ready to incarnate, and they were all excited about, who am I going to be, what am I going to look like, and so on. I would like for each individual to have their own experience, to develop their own relationship with the divine inside them, to connect to the loving, to connect to the peace, to connect to the joy, and to live that more fully daily. And I'll tell you, you're never going to get it 100% when you're in a conscious, physical body, eyes open, going through the world. The world just isn't a place of peace or joy or loving. The world is a place that helps us to stay disconnected from all of that with its turmoil, with its struggle, with its judgments, with its fears. But in meditation and learning to connect to that spiritual presence of ourself and learning how to take it into your daily life You can walk life in a very different way. You can approach each moment, each day, each person, each situation from a very different angle, a very different way, a very different action and attitude than you would otherwise do so if you did not have that connection to your own soul and to that source of loving inside of you. But even greater than that, doing a meditation like this helps you to wake up and to know the truth that you are eternal. You know it. You know this body is not eternal. But you will find out that you are eternal and that you are not this body. And it's easy to say, but it's wonderful to know. There's a big difference between saying it and going, yeah, yeah, I know I'm not the body. Don't worry about it. I'm fine with that. But I'll tell you what, when you're on your deathbed, how fine will you be? You'll be grabbing a hold and trying to keep a hold of that body and keep it alive as long as you can. I was just in a hospital not too long ago, and I was there visiting with someone. And the doctor came in and explained a few things to them and said, I need to ask you a question because we don't have any family here. We don't have any paperwork uh, put together with you. And I need to know if you were to, if your heart was to stop in the next moment, do you want me to resuscitate you or to let you go? And and they said, no, 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 I want you to resuscitate me. And he said, okay. And he said, now, if we resuscitate you and we need to put you on a breathing tube to keep you alive, do you want that? And they go, yes, definitely. And the doctor said, okay, thank you. And then the doctor came over to me and asked me if I was family or anybody that was a part of the family Uh, an in-law or something, and I said, no, no, I'm not. And he said, well, if you can find a family member to get here, I need to talk to them about just what we talked about because I really would not want to put him through that. But if that's what he wants to go through, then we have to do that. He was holding on to his body because he didn't know where he was going to go. And he was afraid to leave what was familiar and comfortable, even though he was in a lot of discomfort with that body now. I would like you to know who you really are and how to relate to this body and how to handle this body, but not to be so attached to it, thinking that this is who you are. Because you had life, experience, and existence before this body. You were having life, experience, and existence in this body and through this body so that the soul can learn and grow. And you will have life and existence beyond this body. When this body no longer is, it'll be ashes to ashes and dust to dust. For the body, but not you, the soul. Wouldn't it be great to wake up and to know the truth of who you are right now as a divine being, as soul, as God's living, loving essence? And no matter what you're going through in the world, then, you can approach it from a different place, a different attitude. That's what I would like to see happen for you. That's what happened for me as a child. I was very blessed, very fortunate. And I'm very grateful to God to give me all these experiences that I've had. And I would like for you to have that same relationship with God and that same gratitude that will come for you as you do have that relationship with God and live in the freedom and the liberation and the knowing of all of that that will come forward in those experiences. But it's got to be done by you. God wants you to wake up. God wants you to know the truth of who you really are. But God's not going to force it on you. God has offered it. Every time you have lived in this body, or not this body, (laughs) but in a body, God has offered you in some way or another an opportunity to wake up and know the greater truth. Why not take it this time and really sit down and do the meditation daily and wake up? And it can take a while. You've had many lifetimes before this And you've got a lot of things to let go of old beliefs, old judgments, and fears, attitudes to let go of in order to really wake up to the greater truth of yourself. It can be done in a moment, and it can be done slowly over time. It's just up to how much focus, devotion you will give in a practice, to wake up. There's a statement that I often refer to by Rumi, and I'll kind of close my talk with this statement, because I think it's a statement that we all would like to really have happen, and I think it's a statement that God is ever offering us if we'll just listen and do. And it's wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. The world is a realm of sleep. And everyone is living the great dream. But why not wake up beyond that dream and beyond that sleep and know the greater truth and live that greater truth and then don't go back to sleep? That'll be the key. Brian said it very clearly. I may have woken up as a child, and I do the meditation, and I do it daily because I do not want to go back to sleep. I do not want to go back to sleep. So I do my meditation daily to wake up again, to stay awake, to stay attentive, to put God first. I don't want to go back to sleep, because sleep is all that out there, and it ain't such a nice place in my eyes. It ain't a lot of happiness. (laughs) But inside, it's happy. Inside, it's loving. So remember that statement, wake up. However you can wake up, wake up. And don't go back to sleep.